she waddles through this land, pregnant with dreams of liberation, with nowhere to birth them. Her water breaks in an attempt to cleanse the rot of patriarchy, but in turn baptizes her as less than human. But this feminist understands that the power of her voice and clenched fist shall reclaim her freedom. Not yet, Uhuru, the new voice of the women's liberation movement. This is Body Time right here on the UJFM Drive 95.4. Of course, you can still join the conversation and let us know what you think. All you have to do is tweet us at SoulCity underscore say. Alternatively, at UJFM, we're talking about self-care as warfare. Now, as we mentioned earlier, this afternoon we're talking about, you know, strong black women, you know, with a mouth, who are outspoken and what impact this has on the body and the mind. Um, What happens, you know, after breaking the the silence as an outspoken uh, as an outspoken I beg your pardon yeah. black woman yeah and in studio to speak to us on this matter is somebody I really really am excited mm. to have Matsilo uh, Motsei, who is the author of the Kanga, Kanga and the Kangaroo Court, the book that was inspired by the case of a woman that we knew as Kwezi Fezeka Kuzwayo, who made a very brave yes. decision yes. to lay a charge of, gay, of rape against Jacob Zuma, a man who he considered a family friend, a father figure, and a comrade who was then the deputy president of South Africa. Uh, good afternoon, Matsilo, and welcome to the show. Afternoon. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. So here's a case. You can see the violence around the case. Each time Fezeka goes on to trial, Mm. you can see the throngs of people who are saying, burn the beach, you know, the supporters of Jacob Zuma coming in in buses, his own military style, brave singing the things that are said in, in court. And you decide, Batsilo, after all the display yes. of misogyny, masculinity, toxic masculinity and violence by men and women in their numbers. Matsilo, who, if you can see, if you don't know her, is as teeny weeny <laughs> as ever, <laughs> decides to pen the kanga and the kangaroo. God, what were you thinking? What drove you? Um, I think what drove me was... Looking back at that time, the period uh, post 1994, because mm. I've always been active in the in the area in the sector of violence against women, mm. and 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 progress that we have made in terms of the constitution, laws that protect women, and and a lot of consciousness raising in the community about violence against women, yes. and then here is one case mm. that takes away. All our victories. Amen. Everything Mm. that we have achieved in those years. And you must understand one thing. When women go out and do something, there's something that they lose as well. Mm. Activism comes with a lot of ill health Mm. because you carry a lot of stress, Mm. a lot of mother guilt. Yeah. Because as a mother, you are away from your children, yes, yes. break up in relationships mm. and mm. divorces mm. because you are out there fixing this messy world when, in fact, you know, it comes back to you. 
Yeah. So I looked at all of that. And personally, also, I was an activist at the time when I went through a divorce and everything. And I said to myself, okay, um, I'm not going to allow this to take this away from us. Mm. But I was also not naive in a way. Okay. You know, to think that a book is going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. I remember one one journalist, I can't remember her name, was saying that there were two things that are going to happen to you at the time. Either you are going to get hurt or you are going to be sad. They are going to pretend that the book is not there. Okay. And and they did the latter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weren't you feeling vulnerable, particularly uh, after the book was, was, was published? Take us through those moments. It's out there. It's, it's, it's now there. And they are not ignoring it. <laughs> How are you feeling? Yeah. Okay, the before, you know, like any book mm. as a writer, it doesn't matter the content. Mm-hmm. When you when you write and the especially when it it's a personal story, yes. as soon as it's they say it's ready, mm-hmm. you want to say no 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 I was playing. <laughs> I wasn't serious. <laughs> so imagine if it's the book of that nature. Yo. I remember my brothers being worried and saying asking my mom um is she going to be safe? Should we organize uh, some people to drive around with her? Sure. And my mom says, no, she does not need to drive around with anybody. Mm. She's going to be fine. Mm. On the day that the book was launched at the Constitution Hill, yes. I remember my mom was there. Um, this is also another strong black woman, but we'll talk about that generation of strong black women and the impact on their health as well. Yeah. She was there. She was a rock. Mm. She was kind of uh, reciting a heroic poem as a way of invoking the spirits mm. that we are here. We are doing this. We don't feel safe, but we are not backing down. Yeah. And another guy who came to me during the course of the, 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 the launch, yeah. I was standing outside and he came to me quietly to say, uh, sister, Sure. Okay. That's a loaded question. Yes. Utsepile Utsepile e. E. Yeah. Mm. And uh, and that at the time I was feeling strong. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was feeling strong, and the accusation against me at the time was that I was on Becky's payroll. Oh, Yo. Gosh. And that's why I wrote that book. Now, now let, let's talk about that. So. Nobody thought, because I find it not even an accusation, I find it an insult. Mm. So Matilo Muzei does not have the capacity with all your record, you know, with starting Adapt in Alex, your struggle uh, credentials, you know, and everything. You don't have the capacity to have anything you want to say about that book. There must have been a man. You must have been on another man's payroll to do this. Mm. No thinking capacity in Matsilo. Doesn't that even anger you even then? Because it angers me mm. to hear that it wasn't saying, I wish they had said that chacharach woman, you know, I would take it. Not that woman who's on another man's payroll. I mean, I find that offensive. It, it, it all boils down to our conditioning. Yeah. As women, when you grow up as a girl, Mm. From the time you are born, you are conditioned to be of service to a man, mm. to be a man servant yeah. in whatever form. Mm. 
Mm. Being a wife is being a servant. True. You know, mm. in this patriarchal society. Because you have uh, duties. Because you have, you have uh, double mm. duties and there's no sexual division of labor whatsoever. Yeah. As we go up uh, the corporate ladder, uh, the, the burdens in, increase, mm. you know, because mm. the sexual division of labor is the same as in 1880, whatever. Yeah. You know, there are no changes. Interesting. So um, I understood it in that context, mm. you know, that you are conditioned not to believe in your intellectual capacity as a woman. Mm. That you can never do anything unless you are instructed by a man, mm. unless you are under the power of a man or you are saving a man. Mm. Yeah. There is no way that you can do that on your own. Mm. So it's, it's the whole conditioning. And that's why, actually, the only time where you can show your power mm. is... You f is when you fight another woman. Mm. True. Not when you Very stand true. against mm. the man. Yeah. yeah. And I'd like you to elaborate on, 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 on the mental space that you went through when you were publishing the book. Because now we are talking about a very powerful, you're writing a book about a very powerful man, you know, in society. I mean, let, let, I'd like you to break it down for us as to, you know, with regards to the mental space that you were in as you were publishing the book? I think one, one thing that drove me to write it was anger. Okay. Okay, I was angry to witness everything that was happening around yeah. the, mm. the case. Okay? Mm. Firstly, I was angry because all our victories are taken away. Mm. As, as an activist, mm. as someone who's been working in the area of violence against women, mm. I was angry that, you know, a single case is just taking that away. Mm. Okay? Yeah. But, but... I was also feeling vulnerable yeah. um, at the time, particularly, particularly after the book was out there. When you read um, the reviews, yes. most of the attacks mm. were from men, mm. you know, or the book is not well written anyway, or, you know, all kinds of things, mm. all kinds of attacks. Um, one thing that I must say uh, that 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 um, I don't have an answer for. Mm. I have not been in a situation where I'm attacked okay. as a person, mm. uh, like physically. No, like even like verbally, oh. mm. they will attack me for my work or belittle me, but not that directly. Mm. Um, I think because, in a sense. I've been able to express to the world that how people define me has got nothing to do with me. Yeah, that's powerful. But even when you say that, mm. the little girl in you wants yeah. to crawl to the corner yeah. and hide. Uh, in fact, I want to ask a question because w when Reedy's book, and it's in no way a comparison, was released and I saw the throngs of people who went to, to, you know, to the launch, I was like, wow, you know, I remember after your book, you know, yes, there was all of this, the book is out, the book is, is out. But very soon it became a lonely place to have written the book. It became, it wasn't the fashionable thing. It became a very lonely thing to have done. It's almost as if you had told a family secret. It's almost as if you had said, you know what, our father who is heralded as the priest and the bishop has actually abused all of us and more, you know. How, do you, how did you deal with that loneliness? So you were not attacked 
uh, uh, you know, verbally, you were not attacked directly, but it was lonely. They found a way of dealing with you, as they often say, you know, sure. how did they deal with you? Yeah, the dealing with me was not physically, um, but economically. Hmm. Uh, because I've always worked as a consultant. Okay. And a lot of the projects that I was doing at the time were government-related. So what happened was that uh, doors shut mm. on my face. Sure. Right? And that the loneliness I only felt when I couldn't support myself economically, mm. when I couldn't take care of my children. Wow especially my youngest son who mm. was there. That's when I it hit me. Mm. And by that time, I was already in the wilderness, you know. Sure. I remember, I always uh, remember this memory of, uh, at that time I had moved to, to Mpumalanga mm. because uh, the bank was on the, on the brink of... Uh, you know, repossessing the house, mm. which was auctioned, mm. and the car repossessed, right? And then I, I felt like I want to go away from Haute. Yeah. I remember at the time I was thinking I want to go into agriculture, something like that would help me to get into the earth. Yeah. Mm. Because I was mm. feeling so sad mm. and disappointed by humanity. Yeah. Sure. And I remember saying something like, Earth will not ask for my credentials. Yeah. And I wanted to do that. Mm. But when I got there, things did not work out. Mm. Their plans did not work out. The one memory I think about was meeting with someone who's working for the Department of Arts and Culture in Pumalanga who had a project that he wanted me to do. And I was qualified to do it. And he was excited that I'm in Pumalanga. And then... In that conversation, at the end of it, and he says, I'm so excited I met you. I'm going to send you all the papers, da-da-da-da. Mm. And then at the end of the conversation, so what do you do when you are not consulting? Mm. <laughs> I'm a writer. Yeah. Oh, which books? Mm. I mentioned Hearing Visions mm. and Kanga and the Kangaroo Court. Mm. When I mentioned Kanga and Kangaroo Court, he said, oh, you are the one. Yeah. And when he said, you are the one, his face shut. Sure. I knew that I'm not getting the contract. Yo. I knew. By that time, I had to drive from where we were meeting to go and pick up my son from school. I got stuck. I got stuck somewhere on the route without petrol. And I was broke. And, And I had moved from a meeting where I was qualified to contribute something. Yeah. To my country and be reimbursed because I'm, I was not, uh, it's not a favor. Yes. You know? um, yeah. And I had moved from that meeting. So the, the loneliness, the pain, the isolation started there. Mm. It got real. It got real. And practical. And practical. And it took forever. Mm. Because even some feminists would yeah. tell me, when I know Nahanang, why did Aye. you even write that book? Mm. Mm. 
Mm. Didn't you think that this is what's yeah. going to happen? Yeah. And doesn't it hurt when you are not the only one hurting, but your family and your kids? But let us not even go there because there's so much we can talk about. We have to take a break. Uh, if you've just joined us, we are in conversation with Matsilo Motsei, who is the author of Kanga and the Kangaroo Court, who is really taking us through what she went through as a strong black woman with an opinion that she put on paper after uh, the rape trial of of Jacob Zuma when Fezeka Kuzwayo took him to court accusing him of, of rape. Tweet us at @soulcity underscore SA or at UJFFM. We are talking about self-care as warfare. You are listening to Not Yet Urhuru's Body Time right here on UJFM Drive brought to you by the Soul City Institute for Social Justice. You are listening to Not Yet Uhuru brought to you by the Soul City Institute. Not yet Uhuru presents hashtag Dear University. Tuned into the body time right here on UJFM Drive 95.4. You can join the conversation and let us know what you think. All you have to do is tweet us at SoulCT underscore SA, alternatively at UJFM. We're talking about self care as warfare. Now, as I mean, we, we, we're talking about the impact of being a strong black woman and how that affects your body. We're talking about vulnerability, dependence, and power right here on the UJFM Drive. Hashtag not yet. Yeah, and we are in conversation with Matsilo Mutsei, who is the author of Kanga and the Kangaroo Court. You can tweet us your opinion uh, at soulcity underscore soulcity or at UJFM. We are talking self-care as warfare. Now, before the break, Matsilo, you, 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 you told us, you gave us this uh, a vision of, 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 of being in a meeting, seeing that things are not going your way, and then going for your son. Part of what we carry as women activists, as women with opinions, is our children, Mm -hmm. you know, particularly when you are a single parent, Mm -hmm. you know. So on one hand, you want to be the activist. You want to speak out. You want to throw stones. You want to do whatever needs to be done to change a particular social order. But on another level, you've got these children, you know, that you are looking after. What was the impact of this warfare that was done to you on your children after the kanga and the kangaroo court um you know maybe this is a conversation that uh, i'd like to i'd like to ask my kids that question Mm. you know Mm. at one point because they'll be able to answer Mm. i can only tell you from what i saw yeah i mean the my two i've got three kids Mm. at the time two adults one was working a boy but also things were not going on well for, for him. Mm. My daughter was at varsity at the time. So I was with the youngest, right? The youngest is the one who's writing metric this year. Yeah. And he's very he's an introvert. Mm. And he's a boy. Sure. Okay? Mm. It raises the issue of you are fighting fires out there. Yeah. You are raising a child who's a boy, who's an introvert, who's also conditioned as a boy or Mm. a man that tigers don't cry. Sure. So you don't know what is going on inside of him. Inside of him. And you have got no way of accessing that. But I can think of another example Mm. that touched me. Mm. He was going on a school camp. I gave him, they were leaving on Sunday. They were supposed to come back on Friday. Yeah. I gave him 200 rand for that week. And that's all I had at the time. They went. 
come Friday, we have to drive to Pretoria, mm. yes. right? Mm. And then when at that time we were driving from Nasprey, there is that uh, first um, toll gate in Mashadodo. When we drove towards the first toll gate, I said to him, Papa, uh, we'll just go through this one. Mm. After this toll gate, we're going to have to re find another way. Yeah, take the long should, road. Yeah. We should avoid the others because mm. I don't have money. Mm. Petrol is full. That's all we have. Mm. You know what that boy did? He pulled out that 200 rand that I gave to him quietly and he gave it to me. And I said, you didn't buy anything. Mm. He says, no ma. Why papa? I knew that you would need it. <sighs> that is very interesting. <sighs> That is the epitome of the impact. Yeah. My heart breaks. Mm, My heart boy. breaks. Who didn't buy anything yes. for the whole week, saving it for me? Mm. And I mean, personally, do, do you think, you know, if, if one woman speaks out, you know, is outspoken. Do you think that that sort of like inspires other women to do the same? Um, I mean, I can make an example of, you know, during the, the trial, during the rape trial, when the rape trial was happening, I mean, we saw the likes of Abu Lebu Mashila, Abu Lebu Mashila, you know, they were speaking out, you know, in, 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 in support of, of, of the victim, whereas the, the Women's League was in support of mm. the accused. Mm. Do you think, you know, if one person comes out, do you think that sort of like inspires other women as well? It does. To stand together? It does. It does inspire other women. But then at the same time, uh, it comes at a cost. It comes mm. with a cost, mm. you know. Mm. But the thing about it is that we cannot keep quiet. Yeah. Because it comes with a cost, mm. you know. We have to forge on. We have to speak. Yeah. yeah. The most important thing is, which I didn't have at the time, is to have a circle of support that you can go to. Mm. So at that time, I didn't have. One of the challenges True. that I think we have now True. is to create that circles of support. Yeah. So that when you break down into pieces, you don't break down alone. Yeah. There's someone you can call. Or there is a support group that you can go to. And not just a support group of women, because mm. not all women are feminists. Mm. You know, a support mm. group of people that understand exactly what you're going through. Yeah. Yeah. So it does inspire women. But I'm also excited about the fact that, uh, you know, currently women are the ones who seem to be saying, we that's it. Speaking yeah. Out. yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter what happens. Yeah. You know? but, but it's not coincidental because I think for me, what I find almost telling about your story, and, and I think maybe this is the age of social media, you know, we sort of even can connect without physically connecting. It's just the pain and the loneliness of doing this work. I think also when we are seeing young women out there who are activists, mm -hmm. we need to be very real. And yeah. I think the point you made about the spaces are important, you know, to be saying this is, this is important work, but can the people who are doing the important, can we also talk about the people who are doing the important work? I spoke at a conference very recently and I said, I want to wake up one day where I don't have to say to black girls, you must be strong black girls. Mm -hmm. It's no longer a compliment. Mm -hmm. At a time, there was a time when I was like, yeah, I'm strong, I'm ah, yes. I'm ah. Yeah. But I, you know, 
Because then tomorrow there's going to be 83 kids who have been raped by a god. And then tomorrow it's going to, no, it's not 83, it's 100. Then life as a demand happens, you know. Mm. So how much strength must you have, you know, to deal with the injustice? So the issue you spoke about, about caring for ourselves, but also being cognizant that the carers and the activists need care as well. Sure. And that is why this issue is about self-care as, 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 as warfare, because it's almost it's as important as the activism. What are your thoughts? I think it, it's, it's important. You know, the whole thing of uh, I'm raising a daughter. Yes. And, and uh, who's a young professional. Mm. And I see snippets of her needing to be strong. Mm. In the same way as I was supposed to be strong, yeah. um, and you know, one 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 uh, statement that she made to me at one point when there were marches, uh, she said, uh, "Mama, we I used to march. Uh, mm. I marched when I was when you were pregnant with me. I marched with you when I was a little girl. Is my daughter also going to go to, on a march? Sure, against rape. So." That is something that is worrying. But at the same time, I don't know. I feel very hopeful. Mm. I feel very positive. Mm. I feel feminine energy coming out. I mean, right now I'm I'm doing this circle uh, of healing called Conversations with My Womb. Mm. Yeah, mm. Women are carrying the pain in their bodies. They've got ovarian cancer. Some have got hysterectomies. Some are suffering from chronic vaginitis. And all of those things are related to stress. And they're also related to the silence. Don't speak out mm. in now, our condition. Yes, and, and and I mean, you've mentioned earlier, I mean, you, you've talked about your journey, you've talked about your experiences, you've talked about the pain, the lack of support, you know, how you needed support, the vulnerability, etc., etc. Now, in closing, how has your life changed after the book was published? You know, there's one word that I can think of. It's a spulana word because I stayed there. They say, <laughs> Yeah. You know, yeah. what does that mean? <laughs> I've hard, I'm hardened. Oh, but okay. at the same time, mm. I don't operate from a hard space. Yeah, I'm hardened in a sense that I'm wearing a bulletproof vest all the time. Mm-hmm. But I also now I'm com- becoming comfortable increasingly mm. with interacting with soft power. Yes. Okay, yes. because we can't be. Hard, hard, hard all the time. Mm. It takes its toll on us. Yeah. What's the word again? Reguanye. Reguanye. Hey, I want a guanya, man. I want a guanya. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you just joined us, that was the author of Kanga and the Kangaroo Court, Matilo Mudei. Uh, the book was inspired by the rare strength and courage of a young woman, Fezega Kuzwayo. You still tuned in to Not Yet Uhuru right here on the UJFM Drive, brought to you by the Soul City Institute for Social Justice. You are listening to Not Yet Uhuru. Brought to you by the Seoul City Institute. Not yet Uhuru presents hashtag Dear University. 
This is Body Time right here on UJFM Drive 95.4 FM. Do join the conversation and have your say. You can reach us via Twitter at SoulCity underscore SA or at UJFM. We are talking self-care as warfare and we are chilling out with Matsilo Mutsei. Now, just before the break, we spoke to Matsilo Mutsei and Oslebu, I, I really think, you know, we live in such a tough country. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we live in such a, a tough country in a sense that, I mean, if you decide to be to be outspoken, then there's consequences that yeah. you have to suffer. Yeah. You know, even as a woman, I mean, she talked she talked about you know having to go through financial challenges mm. simply because she, she she had the bravery of speaking out about a public figure who who did wrong mm. and, and, and to say you know what South Africans as much as I'm 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 a, I'm a woman this is not right this is yeah. not what I like yeah. it shouldn't be about the social status yeah. but it should be about justice yeah we carry a lot of pain and I think the conversation today with Matsilo makes me think that she needs to write a book about the book Absolutely. you know there has yeah, to be absolutely. an account because i think part of speaking out also it's naming our pain mm. you know so that you know generations to come read about what women have gone through i always say this freedom was not free and if everybody was to count the price that they paid we would be even more angrier about the injustice that continues to go unabated. Yeah. And come election time, we are told about the electricity that is there, mm. the paved roads, you know, yes, like yes. we really need yeah. to. So so my encouragement to Matsilo is we need the, the book about <laughs> <Please>. the book. <laughs> you know, what happens when you mm. dare speak out as a black Woman, I think there's a lot of lessons so that even some people who have gone through this and maybe some others who were so broken that they never emerged. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the things that was said, and I think it's a story that remains untold, is the atrocities that happened during uh, exile in the camps. And how many of the ANC women and some of them in the Women's League suffered untold pain, you know. So there is so many women who sometimes even right now may seem to support patriarchy. But maybe if we got into their stories, we will see that they were beaten to succumb, you know. So I think for me, that's why I'm advocating and I'm advocating and I will advocate wherever I see Matsila, whenever I meet her to say, write a book about the book, <laughs> whatever the title will yeah. be. Yeah. Well, again, a big high five to Matsila for joining us in studio and sharing her journey. Unfortunately, we're out of time, yeah. uh, but you can still continue the conversation on our social media um, at SoulCity underscore SA, alternatively at UJFM. Keep yes. the conversation going. Bye-bye. She waddles through this land, pregnant with dreams of liberation, with nowhere to birth them. Her water breaks in an attempt to cleanse the rot of patriarchy, but in turn, baptizes her as less than human. But this feminist understands that the power of her voice and clenched fist shall reclaim her freedom. Not yet, Uhuru, the new voice of the women's liberation movement.